0: Love Talk Radio. This is the National Premier Soccer League Show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans, and get ready for another fantastic show here. This is the National Premier Soccer League show on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Let's just go straight into it, ladies and gentlemen. It's playoff time, and yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. We already have your matchups getting ready for this 2023 NPSL playoff field. In the West, FC Davis defeating San Ramon FC. El Farolito defeating Sonoma County 3-1. Then El Farolito defeating FC Davis to get into the Western semifinals in the other part of the bracket you have Oakland Stompers defeating Oakland SC 2-1, Napa Valley 1839 defeating Sacramento Gold 3-1 and in the quarterfinal Napa Valley defeating Oakland Stompers 3-0. So in the semifinals you have El Farolito taking on Napa Valley 1839 and the that's in the uh, Golden Gate in the Southwest FC Arizona Advances due to California Odyssey forfeiting. So FC Arizona will advance in the Southwest, taking on the winners of the Northwest, which is Crossfire Red. And that winner will advance into the final, the semifinals of the Western bracket. And once again, semifinalists in all the regions will automatically go to the U.S. Open Cup. For 2024, Des Moines in the Gateway. Des Moines United will take on the Milwaukee Torrent. In the Great Lakes, Michigan Rangers falls to Cleveland SC 1-0. Tulsa Athletic defeating Demise MPSL 2-0. Oklahoma City 1889 defeats Kansas City Seoul 2-1. Duluth defeating Minnesota Twin Stars 5-1. And Med City FC defeating Dakota Fusion 2-0. In the next round, Steel City F C will be taking on Cleveland SC, Tulsa Athletic against Oklahoma City 1889, Duluth FC taking on Med City FC for that semifinal section. And in the East, already in the North Atlantic, Hartford City FC taking on the uh, defeating New York Shockers two one. Annapolis Blues defeating Grove United four one. It took penalties. After a regulation and extra time moment, a scoreless draw. But the Alexandria Reds will defeat Greenville United in penalties five goals to three. And so in the quarterfinal, Stockade FC, who are the regular season champions, will take on Hartford City FC. Annapolis Blues will take on the Alexandria Reds in the south. Actually, excuse me, in the Keystone section, they haven't played yet, but they will this weekend. FC Motown will be taking on Atlantic City FC from the Keystone East. Westchester United will be taking on Hershey FC in the Keystone West. Now we go to the South. Naples United FC wins the Sunshine Conference. They're moving in automatically. From the Gulf Coast section, South Southern States SC defeats Tallahassee 3-2. COLA FC defeating Jacksonville Armada 3-0. Lubbock Matadors destroy Corinthians of San Antonio 6-0. FC Brownsville defeats West Texas FC 2-1. Apotheos FC defeats Charlottetown Hops 4-1. And Georgia Revolution defeating Appalachian FC 3-2. And in those semifinals... Excuse me. The quarterfinals: Southern States SC taking on Pensacola FC, Lubbock Matadors taking on FC Brownsville, and apeltheos FC taking on Georgia Revolution. And once again, we get to those last eight. Those teams automatically go into the Open Cup, and then the rest will be based on points per game for this U.S. Open Cup. It is going to be exciting. It is going to be fantastic. It is going to be awesome. And I cannot wait to see who is going to make it all the way to the finals. And once again, the finals, the semifinal and the final will be on the weekend of August 4th through the 6th. Get ready to see who will be taking on whom. In the NPSL championship game. And uh, hopefully we'll get ourselves some exciting games here going down the stretch. You know, does not fail. But the NPSL, once again, gives you exciting matches, a lot of tension, a lot of fun. And you wonder who is going to be the ones to take that championship title at the end of this regular season. It is going to be exciting, it is going to be a lot of fun, and once again, this, my friends, is going to be very exciting. Once again, the schedule for the playoffs, Saturday, July the 15th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Steel City FC taking on Cleveland at 7 o'clock Eastern, Annapolis Blues takes on Alexandria Reds, Apotheos FC takes on Georgia Revolution FC, Des Moines United taking on FC Milwaukee, Torrent, uh, Duluth FC taking on Med City FC, FC Motown taking on Atlantic City FC, Kingston Stockade taking on Hartford City, and Westchester United FC taking on Hershey FC at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, FC Arizona taking on Crossfire Red, Lubbock Matadors against Brownsville NPSL. Southern State Soccer Club taking on Pensacola and Tulsa Athletic taking on Oklahoma City, 1889 FC. On Sunday, July the 16th, El we taking on Napa Valley, 1839. 7 Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And that, my friends, should be an exciting time. And now, it's time to get on with the interviews. It's time to get on with the stuff. Joining me tonight, first things first, it's a recorded interview. I interviewed a Mr. Bryn Law from Wales. He is a football broadcaster from Wales, worked for the BBC in Wales, uh, currently with Leeds United, but he also does uh, football broadcasting work in the United Kingdom. He called a match here in the NPSL for the Fort Worth Vaqueros, of course, his best friend, is the head coach of the Fort Worth Vicaris, Tony Marola, But I was able to sit down with Mr. Brinlaw to talk about his time calling the match and being here in the United States while calling it. And there's this interview right now. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the National Premier Soccer League show as we talk about everything going on in the NPSL. And joining me today as my first guest is Mr. Brinlaw. Coming directly from Wales, and he has a wonderful story to tell us, how he got associated with one of the clubs in the National Premier Soccer League, and Mr. Law is from Wales, part of the United Kingdom, and he's got, once again, a great story to tell us. Bryn, thank you for your time, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with you, please inform us of your uh, regular job, if you could, please.
1: Well, I've got lots of jobs because I am uh, I'm a I'm a freelance these days. But for uh, 26, 27 years, I was a broad sports broadcaster, primarily a soccer broadcaster, as uh, as you guys would probably describe it. Uh, and I worked for the BBC for a number of years, and then I spent over 20 years working for the the main sports broadcaster in the UK, Sky Sports, and I was one of their, uh, I did everything for them. I was a, I was a reporter, I was an on-screen reporter, I was a commentator, so uh, kind of, and I covered all the bases as far as the, the, the soccer jobs were concerned at Sky Sports. And then uh, for the last four years, I've been working as a freelance, still a sports broadcaster, but also now I've built in other elements like um, university lecturing, media lecturing, media coaching, that kind of thing but I'm uh, working with the United, um, former Premier League side, unfortunately now EFL side, and I cover all their matches uh, home, uh, on the road. I cover all the games. I'm a a game caller for the club these days. I'm using all the terminology for you guys here, hopefully. Uh, And I also commentate or game call for the BBC, uh, BBC Wales. My team, the team I support is Wrexham. Uh, you may know a little bit about them from the Welcome to Wrexham documentary series and Brian Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Uh We're very much to the fore, stateside, I think, currently. So I've covered some Wrexham games in recent times. I do lots of things. I do all sorts of stuff. But primarily, I'm a soccer broadcaster.
0: And I must say, uh, you must have had many a pints uh, after the, finally, the promotion out of the National League and into Football <laughs> League too.
1: Oh, that was a good night. That was a really, really good night. Uh, it waited a long time. I've been a Wrexham supporter uh, for over 40 years, and we've been stuck in that non-league setup, the National League setup, for 15 years, and we couldn't feel we were ever going to get out of it. And then Robin Ryan rode into town, and then everything changed. And that was, uh, that was some part in that night in Wrexham, I can tell you. Fantastic.
0: Absolutely, and hopefully we'll have you back on on my regular show to talk about that situation once again, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, But your story involves the National Premier Soccer League with the Fort Worth Vaqueros. Now, out of curiosity, why is Fort Worth really a place of interest to you, and and what is the main reason to come over to, to see the Vaqueros in your mind?
1: Well, I didn't know anything about Fort Worth Vaccaros, um six months ago, five months ago, four months ago even. Uh, and then a, a guy who's the head coach there called Tony Marola contacted me. Tony and I know each other because uh, I coach coaches to, to deal with the media. And Tony's been on one of the courses uh, run through the Football Association of Wales that I work on. So he's also um, was on the books at Wrexham, a young player and um, didn't quite make it through to the first team, but I was aware of him through that, and he's a massive Wrexham fan. So he's following me, I'm following him, social media a bit, and he got in touch completely out of the blue a few months ago and said, would you have any interest in coming over to commentate on one of our games? Well, he actually said, would you have any interest in commentating on one of our games? Uh, And the offer was there to do it, from here in the UK, I'm actually based in Leeds in England, um, to do it from home here or potentially to go out there. Well, obviously, the uh, the opportunity to get out and have a look at um, Texas, um, I've been before, but to have a look at another part of Texas, uh, was too good to turn down. So I said, well, I'd like to go for that option if possible. And work was put in and some very, very good people in Fort Worth got involved and one of the club sponsors um, got involved to, make it all happen uh, and I'm very grateful to a guy called John Carney who was that man who made that all happen and so it was that I booked my flight Heathrow to Dallas and um in the first week in June I was on my way out to the states
0: and that had to be really an exciting time have you traveled to the united states before in the past uh, on a holiday yes, or I like have. for work
1: yeah I've been to um, I've been to New York and I've, I'd actually did a road trip across um, America, starting in Vegas uh, and ending up in Florida in the past as well. And and we did quite a lot of Texas on on that road trip, obviously. Um, so I, I uh, it's not my first trip even to Texas. I've been Houston and Galveston before, um, but it was it was a great opportunity. Uh, I haven't been out the UK for four years There's a whole COVID thing. And I used to travel regularly with work. I used to be uh, away. I've traveled all over Europe, all over the world with the job, uh, but I've not even been on a plane for the last four years, uh, let alone out of the country. So it was too good an opportunity to turn down. And so it, it gave me something to, the, the regular season in the UK had finished, all my Leeds games had finished, uh, Leeds had been relegated, So it was the last game of what had been a very long season for me. Something to look forward to and I obviously I work with the club media at Leeds United. Uh, I've worked and produced, in fact, uh, created the club media when I was working with Wrexham when Ryan and Rob first took over, I've uh, done um, club, I've produced and sort of commentated on called on the club media for um, clubs in Wales, playing in Europe, in fact I'm working on one of those projects at the moment, so I've, I've a good idea of how the club match stream concept fits together. Um, and I used the experience kind of gained of working at the at the highest level with Sky Sports. And then we try and do the same thing at, at a slightly different level. So it was a real challenge. Everything about it just said to me, oh, I've got to get involved with this. I really want to do this. So we got it on. We got it on. And what, what an experience it turned out to be.
0: If I can ask you this question, obviously, we all know what the levels are in the UK, especially with the Premier League. Championship League, football leagues one and two, now of course, with Wrexham's story last year with the docu series of what goes on in non league football, what can you compare what the MPSL does like non league does and the rest of the leagues uh, in in England and the United kingdom of course well
1: that's uh, it's a, it's a it's a brilliant question because It's one of the big takeaways from me, from the whole trip, from the whole whole experience, was I was really keen to see what the comparison was. Because for years and years, people have been saying to me that there is no grassroots game in the United States, and that's been a major problem. Well, I now know that that isn't true, because I think NPSL's got over
2: 90 clubs across the country. Uh, You've obviously got the conferences, various conferences
1: in different parts of the country, And I got that snapshot, I got that glimpse as to how the thing is beginning to build. And I did come away with a real sense of something that is beginning to take a grip at all levels here. I also, though, came away with a bit of a sense that there's so much more potential here that isn't yet perhaps being realized. And when I look at the crowds uh, Annapolis have been getting uh, in recent weeks, and I look at the crowd that Lubbock have been getting as well in, in the same conference as Fort Worth, you may be beginning to see how the wheels are beginning to turn. But the one comparison that we would make with non-league is that there isn't any comparison. Because non-league clubs, even at the, a lowly level in, the, in England, all have their own stadium. They all have their own facilities. And they all have the opportunity to play on a grass soccer pitch. And that's obviously a challenge, I think, that seems to still be um, in front of a lot of NPSL clubs. But um, so many takeaways from it. The standard... Well, it's not guys, isn't it? Mainly guys, it appears to me, coming straight out of college or combining it with the stuff they're doing at college, at university. Um, so there's, a, there's a, a useful naivety, perhaps a little bit, to a lot of the play that I've seen. And that's something that could be built on. Um, might be great opportunities for people to travel from the UK, for instance, to get involved in PSL And obviously, there are loads of people from loads of different countries in PSL playing. Um, but because it's that short season uh it's all sort of um it's all squeezed into a small area. It would be great if the fans of these clubs had a bit more football to watch, frankly, but uh, yeah, so many comparisons and, and that was I found that really really interesting
0: now, if I can ask you this, how was the match that you commentated with Fort Worth and uh, uh-huh. who were their opponents? They were playing c f Houston
1: um I've obviously have been to Houston in the past, but I have no strong feelings for Houston I'm, and vamos for Kairos all the way. Um, so the game itself was uh, was unbelievable. What we tried to do. So I was in touch John Carney, the guy I mentioned, who's the sponsor, one of the club's sponsors has a bar, uh, a couple of bars in fact in Fort Worth. Um, he is also the guy who produces match streams on behalf of the club, um, and it's all on a voluntary basis. Now I've kind of dealt in these, I've, I've kind of dealt with this kind of thing before, where you'd say it's road to no budget, effectively. So it's John's input um, that we, um, so I had a look at the match streams that they were producing before I went out there. I did my research, if you like. And I had some ideas about little things that we've introduced and stuff that I've worked on that might help a little bit. So John was just getting deluged by with emails from me saying, why didn't we try this? Can we do this? Will it be possible when, if I can do this? Can so poor guy was probably stressed beyond um, <clears throat> belief uh, by the time I finally flew into town. But what he did do was, was he tried to help me out. He tried to we tried to do the, a lot of the things that I had suggested to try and basically to, as I saw, it, enhance the coverage. Um, and so we were doing something different to what the Harris have normally been doing with their with their match coverage. Not wildly different, but just things like we 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 actually presented. So we had pre-match presentation. So I I uh, put together some pre-match presentation. And we built uh, an interview with Coach Marola into the pre-match presentation. Um, We had the touchline reporter for the game. Um, One of of the commentary crew, I kind of allocated a new role to her as touchline reporter. And as I'll explain in a minute, she played an absolute blinder, as we would say in this country. uh, She was fantastic. Um, And uh, we had a commentary team of two. So I commentated, or I, I was the game caller, and I had my color. Um, commentator analyst next to me, who's the guy Matt, who usually does it, um, and we just used the we, we used the facilities they already had, the two cameras that they already have, predominantly one camera to be fair, and then um, the whole thing just became, I mean, uh, it it was one of the most challenging broadcasts in over 30 years of doing this at a high high level. It's one of the most challenging broadcasts I've ever been involved in. Not for anything that anybody did, but what happened in front of us. And um, so just to kind of um, summarize to an extent, it all started with um, the, uh, when the guys lined up for the national anthem, which I knew was a big deal. So we discussed how we were going to make sure that we didn't miss out on that, even though we'd created pretty much presentational stuff. Uh, so when the guys lined up for the anthem and the the, guy, the PA guy is standing next to me and he hits the button for the anthem to start, nothing happens. He hits the button again and nothing happens. So he brilliantly improvises. He picked up the PA mic and he sang the song himself. He sang the anthem himself. Loud and proud. So that was the first little kind of thing where I thought, wow, this this is different. Um and then we got into the game, which was all fine. And then in the second half of the game, there was an injury and it looked like a really bad injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Fort Worth Vaqueros guys hit the ground really hard. Uh, Hit the back of his head and I you know when you push a lot of soccer over the years. I had a real sense that this was a bad one and we um, I knew at that I I knew immediately that this wasn't going to get resolved until outside agencies arrived In other words until an ambulance was called and we then had about 30 minutes of uh, our our Vaqueros player lying on the pitch um, waiting for the ambulance to arrive 30 minutes is a long time to talk through with one camera. <laughs> and, and, uh, so we, we, I used our touchline reporter who, as I say, Megan was brilliant on because she was feeding in genuine information down from the touchline. She was saying they called an ambulance and she was telling us what the conversations that were, that were going on down at, at, at pitch level, just down below us admittedly, but she was writing amongst it. So she, she did her job brilliantly. It was, it was an absolute baptism of fire for her. Um, and then, We brought players into the conversation. We had one of the players who was injured was up in the box with us, and so we had a chat with him. We filled the space. Uh, Then we had another delay, even after finally... The player, by the way, was okay ultimately, but still went off to the ambulance to get checked up. At that point, there was another delay. We didn't know what the delay was until I got a message passed to me from John on my right saying that one of the CF10 players is in the bathroom. So he'd obviously um, had some sort of issue. He was still in the toilet in the John, whatever. Um, so we had to wait for him to arrive. So we were 35 minutes without any football, and um, and then the game got going again. Delighted to say, from my perspective, that the Vaqueros won and won well, uh, four goals to one. So we had some something to celebrate at full time. We had, we had the manager interview at full time, then we had a player interview as well at full time. We, we kind of created a. Um, a Man of the Match award concept that they hadn't used before. And the whole thing, uh, it, I mean, it was a fantastic evening, but it was so, so stressful.
0: <laughs> what, what a night. Oh, absolutely! That's steps. I mean, I'm glad the the Fort Worth player was fine, but that was really funny with the Houston player having to use the the toilet to to delay the match. That's just just stuff you don't hear about, and it's just fantastic and funny as heck. That was great. Um, if I can ask you this as a full time broadcaster in the United Kingdom, um, what you learned uh, broadcasting uh, a football match here in the states, soccer match. Here in the states would you try to maybe adjust or make changes what they do in england or do you think it's fine the way it is or maybe you want maybe one day um compare notes with american sports broadcasters to the uk sports broadcasters
3: well
1: at the level i was working at here in, in, in mpsl um i uh, I watched quite a lot of games. I've made it my job to actually look at what other people are doing, not just in the, in the Lone Star Conference, but beyond the Lone Star Conference. I've looked at other matches to see. I wanted to know where to set this in terms of where the Vaqueros were, what I could, um, where I could pitch it. And I was really pleased, actually, frankly, at the end of the, the, end of the evening, that the things that we put in, I think, did make the coverage better. And if anybody wants to check it out, it's still there on YouTube, the Vaqueros versus TF10 Houston game. Can go and look at now. Um, so we, 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 I think we did quite a lot with not a lot, and that's no reflection on what John's done there. He's doing, he's putting all this together. He's, he's, you know, making great strides. But there's more, and, and I do look at a lot of the coverage and think I think you could do more here, guys. I think you could do more with this. Uh, and like I say, the introduction of uh, just a thing like the touchline reporter, simply another voice to go to, another view, another perspective. Uh, a lot of the games are covered. Um, I was quite surprised that there were no fans on the opposite side from where we worked um, in the stadium, uh, the high school stadium that Vaqueros play at. Uh, the the, the, ble- the bleachers on the far side of the stadium were empty, but I did actually ask the fans that Vaqueros have the Panthers City Health uh, kind of ultras group. Um, I, I met up with them on the Friday night, we
2: had a great night together in, uh, in the bar in, uh, in Fort Worth. And I, I asked if they'd go behind the goal. this game so that we could actually
1: see them on camera and they did and they went with the flares and the flags and the trumpet and it was great. Um, a A lot of the clubs in NPSL seem to be shooting against an empty background effectively so they don't shoot towards where all the people sit so you don't see the fans, you don't get the sense of anybody's actually at the game. And if I, would do, if I was setting it all up, I would build gantries on the opposite side and, and shoot from the other side across to see the fan base there. So you've got the color and you've got something else to interact with as a viewer. Uh, so there, there, are, there are things I think that um, uh, I think you could build. I think you can build. It's great that everybody seems to be doing match stream coverage there. No. But I think there's, I think there's um, more that people can add to it.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great to hear. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that you came over here. You, uh, I, It sounds like you had a great time covering this match and being oh, in the Fort Worth area.
1: Oh, I did. I loved it. And the people were great. And I met the players. Uh, I, I really good time with the players. And um, Tony was a fantastic host. Tony and his wife um, put up with me for, for the five days that I was in Fort Worth. And they really, really looked after me. So, I, I, it was a fantastic trip, uh, and I'm I'm really uh, encouraged, particularly in that part. of it, They're going to go big on the World Cup when that arrives. I think you're all going to go big, aren't you, on the World Cup when it arrives? And it does have the sense to me that the whole thing is building. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a soccer, lifelong soccer fan, and I just want to see it grow wherever wherever it has a base. And I I saw clear signs that there's a lot long way to go with like NPSL-type level football, you need promotion relegation. Believe me, you need it. That will will enhance everything. But I can see real signs that this thing is beginning to take a real hold in in areas that perhaps it hasn't done previously.
0: I agree with you because there's still so much untapped potential here uh, in this country. I I believe that we are definitely on the right track. Um, There's more to come. I've always felt that uh, while – we're on a good level here in the United States uh, for football in this country. Uh, there's still more that needs to be done. And once we can get to that level of where England has been, of all the footballing countries along, all over this great world uh, that has done wonderful things, I, I think that we will be on par one day. And hopefully, we'll be the ones holding that little golden trophy at the end of a World Cup tournament. Uh, but Brant... Brent, i got to say, this has been such a wonderful interview with you. I cannot tell you how uh, amazed I am with the adventure you had here in the United States, especially in (laughs) Fort Worth. Uh, Hopefully, you'll come back and maybe, uh, you know, we we have some of your expatriates working here, uh, obviously covering USL, uh, MLS as well, Callum Williams, Tony Husband, we have had Arlo White. um, Adrian Healy, you know John Champion, uh and hopefully you Yep, yep. And, and and hopefully uh maybe one day you'll come over and, and make the trip per uh, make the trek on a on a permanent basis. Oh,
1: uh, I I rule really miss out. I would love that opportunity. Great country.
0: Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you once again for joining me tonight and uh I hope you make another trip to Fort Worth and you do another broadcast with the Vaqueros.
1: So do I. They they're talking about next season. Next season's a long a long time off, obviously, and they've got one more game to go this season. But I'm I'm a Vaqueros fan now. You know, I kinda of bought into the whole thing. And Fort Worth, million population city. There's gotta be an opportunity for somebody to get a full time professional club going there for sure. So it looks like there's there's a great potential in that place. I loved it. It was a great. Trip.
0: Uh, It's great to hear. Well, listen, thank you once again, and hope to have you back on my show, on my regular show, uh, somewhere down the road. But thank you once again for joining me tonight.
1: You're very welcome. Anytime.
0: And once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Bryn Law from wales a uh, former bbc welsh broadcaster for football he also does work with leeds united and of course working with his friend who's just joining me right now he is the head coach of the fort worth vaqueros in mr tony marola the head coach of the club tony welcome to the show and thank you for spending some time tonight
4: hey no no problem can you can you hear me okay
0: i hear you loud and clear you're doing great how did you sucker your friend into this? No, <laughs>
4: I've got a few stories on Bryn, so he had no he had no, um, no option to do it really. Uh, I'm, I'm joking, by the way. Uh, I've known Bryn a, f- a few years. i going back to when I did my A license with Welsh FA a few years back. He was one of the tutors on the course that um, talked about social media and the aspects and a, a lot about. To present yourself in front of the media and phone interviews and stuff, and I'll obviously be in, be in the Wrexham area and, and being a you know, former Wrexham young player and working the club, and I just reached out to him one day on the off chance and said, "Brian, how would you fancy potentially streaming uh, or commentating on a game from your your house for um, the Vicaros? And he was like, "Well, not really." Um, how about we do one better in our, um, and I'll come over and do it in person? And the rest is history, so to say.
0: That's absolutely incredible. And that must have been a hell of a, a match uh, that he broadcasted, obviously. And uh, it was a great, great story uh, from him to tell about his trip over to see you. Um, you know, I-, I talk to a lot of people in this conference, the Lone Star Conference, down in Texas. It's a knock out drag out conference, obviously. And, you know, there was a time where the v- Vaqueros, you didn't have a good season. Even though you did finish uh, seventh, I mean, you were really close to being in dead last, but at least you had a strong finish uh, to avoid the complete bottom of the table there in the Lone Star Conference.
5: We lost a,
4: a, a few key players at the beginning of the season, um,
0: Hang on, Tony. Let's... Tony, I apologize for interrupting you. The, the, the okay. connection all of a sudden did not come clear. Uh, I'm going to call you back, so give. So let me call you back, okay? Okay. 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 So we're going to call him back right now. It's a good thing uh, I got his phone number right here. So we will call him back and try and get a better signal so he can uh, tell us what happened, and hopefully it will be a lot better. So and there we go. Let's see if we can get a better connection this way. And it's going. Tony, are you there? Yes, I'm back. Much better, much better. So go ahead, please, and talk about your season.
4: Yeah no it didn't help um losing two of our key figures beginning of the season uh you know marks Mora and, and Justin Casera through injuries um but we have a young squad we 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 really do we have some players that played last season um or should I say in the in uh, in, in the spring they they played high school high school soccer so it's more of a this season just a you know, you know, getting local players who are going to go to college as freshmen and go and get that experience, and and, and literally we're, we're building for the future, um, because you know we don't have the, the the ability right now to to bring players in from all over the country, and you know other other options that other clubs in the MPSL has, but we've been pretty competitive. You know, I think we finished like five or six points off the playoffs, and. Our objective was this season to try and get in the playoffs for the players that we had. But most importantly for me as a coach, it was about to be better than what we were last year. So I think we ended up with two points better off than what we were last year. And it's, and it's, and it's building blocks. It's a building process and bringing people like Bryn over. And, you know, we had Lee Jones, who's a, a former Premier League striker for Wrexham and Liverpool. We're just trying to raise the profile of our club, um, in different ways that other clubs are maybe doing it, and trying to get the community involved in that as well. Because, like what Bryn said earlier, you know, Fort Worth is, is is population of almost a million people, and it's a it's a population that 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 love the game. So we're just trying to, um, you know, strive ourselves on on, on doing doing that type of stuff.
0: If I can ask you, how has been the popularity with, of course, FC Dallas? Obviously, former clubs back in the day in the NASL like the Dallas Tornadoes. You know, has that residue of the popularity for the game seeped into the Fort Worth area? Because we all know Fort Worth is just next door to Dallas.
4: Yeah, and I, and, and I think it's, it's, it's a friendly rivalry. Um, you know, people in Fort Worth always want to say, don't Dallas my Fort Worth. Um, and Dallas has done a great job. You know, FC Dallas is a great franchise and, you know, getting almost 20,000 people every, every game, every home game, should I say. Uh, but there's a market here in Fort Worth. It is a, a passion um, for players, for parents, for families. We had almost 200 players register across four tryouts uh, for our Vaqueros semi-pro team that literally just play in the summer. Um, and out of the 200, there was only one bad player and that was me because um, I tried out but um, they were the, the quality and, the, and and the attendance is, is, is there. We just need to um, just keep pushing what we what we're doing here and forward because yeah it's, it's a great city, it's a wonderful city and if it can happen in Dallas or should I say Frisco why not Why not let it happen in Fort Worth?
0: Absolutely. And what does it mean to be in the same conference? I mean, I keep talking to whether it be a new club or an old club. This Lone Star Conference is a knock-em-out, drag-em-out conference. I mean, obviously, Denton Diablos won the championship about a year or two ago. Lubbock Matadors this year has been sensational. Um, they are... Undefeated. Or excuse me. They have one loss out of the eleven matches they've played. What is it about this conference, from your perspective, that makes it so tantalizing?
4: I just think it's 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 Texas, and there is a, there are a lot of good players that go out of state or even in state to play college ball, but they always come back to their roots or their their grassroots or their homeland and. Like I said, when Bryn came over, uh, like Lee Jones came over, who's, who's a, a scout at a championship club, they were both blown away by the amount of talent that was on offer in not just in our team, but the teams that we played against. Um, and I think bringing, bringing high-profile people over like that from the UK who probably 10 years ago didn't take anything serious in the USA when it comes to soccer, or should I say football, And now seeing players that mums and dads played, you know, maybe grandfathers or grandmothers played, it's just now seeing a different caliber of soccer players when it comes to the IQ uh, or soccer intelligence, should I say. Um, And it's a tough league, trust me. We went down to Brownsville, Laredo. We played away at Lubbock. We played away at West Texas for the teams that, you know, are in, you know, finished, first, second, third, and fourth, and they're tough games. It, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to play at a decent level back in the early 90s, uh, and I don't think I could have handled this with the heat, the weather, you know, the turf. Um, there's some really, really good players in this, in this, in this Texas conference, and that's, that's why I think a lot of players, a lot of teams, go on to go really deep in the playoffs from, from the Texas
0: conference. And that's why I know you're Welsh, but I refer, I, I reference this towards the English. I'd always say to them, that's why you can only beat the U.S. in friendlies.
4: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people look at me and go, Marola, Italian. But yeah, know, mum and dad or fathers from Italy and mothers from Wales. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm, I'm definitely Welsh, and it's it, it's good to see that um, the Welsh game, obviously, you know, with the Welsh national team. Women's playing playing U.S. and losing narrowly two 0 the other night. That was a pretty good performance. So, mm-hmm.
0: I was going to say, take out the R and you're related to Tony from the U.S.A. World Cup team. I mean, what's going on here?
4: <laughs> you know what? I hope Tony Miola is listening to this because I'll, I'll randomly like go on Twitter and then I'll see a Tony Miola post and I'll go, what did I did I tweet that last night after a few beers? And I'd be like, oh, no, it wasn't me, it was, <laughs> it was somebody else. So there's been many a times I've been on, on, on conversations. Um, if, if you were to look at me, I'm five foot six. I was never going to be a goalkeeper. Uh, so <laughs> if you were ever to get chance to meet me, you'll know I'm not Tony Miola. So um, if you are listening to Tony Miola, yeah, there's only one Tony Miola and one Tony Miola.
0: That's right. But at least uh, there is Italian heritage, and you're not from Jersey, so that's for sure. But that that that's a different story altogether. But anyway, um, uh, as you said, uh, yeah, you had a couple of players missing this year, unfortunately, I guess due to injury, and uh, now you have to look towards next season in 2024. I mean, what what needs to happen for Fort Worth to get back into the top four, at least the top part of the table? in the Lone Star Conference to uh, make a big push for a playoff run here? I
4: think the main thing is, you know, we, we've got to keep pushing and we've got to keep um, building on, on, on every year. This is my second full season, um, and, you, you know, we're not, we're not far away. We need some consistency, uh, you know, with some of our players. We have some good players. We need to recruit. And, and, and retain some players that um, are at the Division One caliber, but also I think we need some. We definitely need some extra. Um, I won't say incentives, but some. Fort Worth is a great city. It, it, it really is. And if we can, if we can build on what we've what we've done the last two years, um, I think we'll be pretty. We'll be pretty in a good position next year to at least push into that playoffs. We've just recently launched um, a, a youth club, uh, which caters for players from six, to, uh, uh, from six to seventeen, and we want to we want to be part of the community because I've been a, a, a high school coach and there's lots of talent in Fort Worth. I just don't understand and think that they know that there is or there are more opportunities to represent this wonderful city city of Fort Worth um, via the, the the Fort Worth Carol. So I think it's more like what me and you are doing now, like bringing Bryn over, bringing Lee over, launching our youth club, um, you know, having a great media team. I'm not sure whether, I'm sure Bryn touched on it, you know, before. Um, You know, we have a great media team who who operate on a a zero or very low budget. And it's one of the best commentaries and and video programs that I believe that we have, especially in the Texas Conference. Um,
5: We just need to keep
4: pushing it out there. And, Making sure that the players that we bring in, that they're young kids, but they're going to learn and they're going to learn from some mistakes that we've we've made this year. But but ultimately, it's it's not about individuals. We're building a project here at Fort Worth, and it's bigger than any one individual. And yeah, what why why can we not have an influx of three? We're, we're three or four players short away from being a really really competitive club and team because you might look at results performances have been okay it's just silly decisions that we've made in defensive areas and attacking areas um that cost us at times but we have not been outplayed apart from one game against laredo where they were very very good and we were very very poor but everything else we're, we're building momentum we're getting stronger every year and i'm truly truly humbled and Proud to leave, this, to leave this club into uh, you know the next couple of seasons to get us back where where I think this this club and city belongs.
0: Tony, listen, thank you very much for your time. I always appreciate uh, anyone from MPSL to come over to talk football with me. And uh, good luck next year, and hopefully another uh, trip for uh, Bryn to come over to call your matches.
4: Yes, no, definitely. And hopefully next time he comes over, um, someone doesn't get injured for more than twenty minutes. Um, but luckily the guy was okay. So, yeah, um, I'm sure you'll see Bryn and, and, and a few others come over next year because this league is it, it, it's pivotal in, um, in, in in moving this program forward.
0: Absolutely. Have a good night, Tony, and take care.
4: And you. And you. Thanks for, thank you. See you later. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Tony Marola, the head coach of the Fort Worth Vaqueros on a very difficult 2023 season, but hopefully for 2024, everything will be much better. I haven't had this gentleman on my show in a very long time. First time uh, here on the MPSL Soccer Show. He is the owner of the Kingston Stockade. It is Mr. Dennis Crowley. De- Welcome back to the show, Dennis. And Dennis, and all I got to say is, my goodness, what a season, Dennis, that your Kingston Stockade have. I believe this is the first time that your club has won the regular season championship. What can you tell us about this fantastic season that your club had uh, from start to finish in the regular season?
3: Yeah, hey, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, It's great to be here, and, uh, you know, just thanks for having fun. Um, The second thing is that, yeah, we've just had a, a really amazing season. You know and and I think the way it goes with the n p s l is it's, it's really dependent on the players that you get and we have good seasons, we have bad seasons and in this this year we just got a, a tremendous crop of uh of players that were available. everyone was super fit we got a, a bunch of guys that were playing um with each other during the college season that um you know really gelled right out of the gate and kind of had a core a kind of engine running in the team for us and so it's just been it's been super fun for us for the club has been super fun for the fans too. It's just been a really amazing season.
0: Talk about the job that Jamal Liz Simmons did uh, managing this team. <clears throat> I mean, what did he do to give such a great boost for these players to go out there and perform every match in, every match out for you guys over there?
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, like, you know, I'm just so busy with so much other stuff that I'm not, I'm not at the trainings. Um, you know, I don't get to spend a lot of time with the players, with the team. But, you know, I'm out on the field for warm-ups at game day, and I'm out there for the post-game talk that Jamal gives. And Jamal is just, like, he's an incredible coach. He's, like, just so good at inspiring and motivating and just keeping people, like, level and humble and hungry. And, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm poking my head in these, like, post-game huddles and the pre-game talks. And, you know, just, just from that little bit of exposure, you just get such a such a sense of just how good he is at the role and just, like, how, how much respect he commands from the players, right? And, you know, Jamal has been, he's grown up in the Hudson Valley, he's near forever, he's like a local playing legend, a local coaching legend, He knows everyone up here, everyone respects him, and he's really kind of you know, the heart and soul of the program in many ways, and he's just done a fantastic job with the squad this year.
2: You
0: know, you had yourselves a very good battle against Vallejo FC. You went to their place uh, early in the year over in Worcester, Mass. You just edged them 3-2 back on May 20th. But, wow, what a victory at home uh, over at Tenney Stadium in Poughkeepsie on June 17th, 5-0. That had to be – I mean, to me, that's the best victory you've ever had in this season.
3: This season, for sure. I mean, sometimes you just get these – these games are everyone's clicking, right? The weather's perfect. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a, a, a killer crowd in the stands. You know, the supporters are banging super loud. Uh, and then it just kind of all comes together. You know, we've had some really had some amazing talent. We've got this one guy named Daniel DiGuito who has scored 10 goals for us this season. And after just one season, that puts them in our, like, uh, you know, in the the top five scorers in stockade history. Like this kid has just been on a roll for us. Um, you know, really through the first, like, six or eight games. And we're hoping he's, you know, he, he shows up with plenty of fire, uh, you know, tomorrow during the championship game. Um, but, we, you know, we've just been really blessed to have a great team that's come together and, you know, great supporters and fans and the atmosphere down at Poughkeepsie. Remember, like, we're playing we're playing in a different stadium this year because our home stadium is being renovated. So it's asking a lot for our fans to drive down 40 minutes to a different stadium. Um, but we've also picked up a lot of new fans from Poughkeepsie. So it's just been, like, a really, like, interesting season for so many different reasons. And it's kind of great that it's all coming together and we get to play this big match tomorrow.
0: Well, first of all, I'm very happy to hear that you are renovating your your current stadium, obviously, into something spectacular. But, I mean, what do you think that's going to do now for Poughkeepsie? I mean, I know you're getting new fans, but do you think maybe you're going to create a new ownership group, not for you, I mean, but someone over there in Poughkeepsie wants to probably start their own NPSL team now because of what you've done.
3: Well, we had a team that wasn't too far from Poughkeepsie uh, called the Cedar Stars, and then they were around for a year and they dropped. And there's a couple of USL teams that are in the neighborhood, um, uh, you know, down in Poughkeepsie and in the surrounding areas too. So there's plenty of soccer activity. There just hasn't been a club in Poughkeepsie yet. Um, you know, I I think we've got such a special thing going on in Kingston now. Like, even if someone did pop up, and you can kind of say, even even with existing clubs, right? The USL 2 clubs, we're still outdrawing anyone, right? Like I, I was watching the number of tickets that we we sold. I mean, we, you know, we'll, we'll be well above a thousand people uh, tomorrow, which is which is great. It'll be the first time we break a thousand people in Poughkeepsie, uh, and it's something we're doing pretty regularly in Kingston. And you know, what I'm what I'm hoping is what I'm planning to happen is you know, we've got this great fan base in Kingston that goes locally at deep, And I think, you know, after playing in Poughkeepsie for a season or if we have to play a second season in Poughkeepsie, a lot of those fans will end up driving up and becoming, you know, regulars at the Kingston home games. Um, you know, and so I, I kind of have my eyes on, you know, 2024, 2025, and, you know, seeing how our fan base is going to change, seeing that, like, you know, we have such a presence both in Kingston and uh, you know, about forty minutes south
0: of McKson, no, that's absolutely fantastic, and uh, obviously uh, more more good things hopefully are coming your way here with this club and you know once again, this is going to be a really difficult battle uh, for you you know for your team here in the east once again, uh, you've uh, won the regular season championship. Now you've got to take on uh, some old foes in Hartford City FC. They defeated the New York Shockers in their first-round yep. matchup through the uh, North Atlantic. What has that been like to face a team like Hartford City, uh, the way that, you know, they just play really hard-nosed soccer for, against you guys? Yeah,
3: you know, like in many ways, they're probably our closest our closest rival, right? Like our fans have a derby going back and forth, this concept called the, the wooden shoe that they trade back and forth, uh, depending on, you know, regular season performance. But, you know, in 2017, when we won our first conference championship, we won it at home against Hartford, right? In 2021, when we played for the you know, championship the second time, we lost it to Hartford in Hartford. So this is our third time playing for the – conference championship. And again, we're doing it at home. And again, we're doing it against Hartford. Uh, So, you know, it's like a, it's a really interesting matchup and like a lot of, a lot of history to it. You know, in the regular season, we beat them, uh, we beat them at at home and we, and we tied them on the road if I remember correctly. Um, And so, you know, it's just, they're a good team. Uh, They've got great players, you know, very similar to stockade in the sense that they've got, a core group of players that come back every, every year. Captain has been around for a while and they're just, um they're, they're a tough team and you know, tomorrow's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm really looking forward to it. I think the fans are going to be treated to a great, great match.
0: No, I agree. And I think it's going to be fantastic. I don't want you to, you know, look ahead, you know, you don't, I don't want you to put the cart before the horse, but obviously if you do defeat Hartford city, uh, you got to take on either Annapolis blues and, or Alexandria reds and, They're in the Mid-Atlantic right now, but, you know, Annapolis Blues as an expansion team, I didn't expect them to have a hell of a season and make the playoffs in their first year. How, you know, like I said, I don't want you to put the cart before the horse, but still, though, you know, that's going to be really tough competition for you if you do defeat Hartford City.
3: Yeah, you know, we've only played outside of our conference once. Like, you know, we won the conference championship. We played uh, FC Motown down in New Jersey. And that was, you know, probably the toughest game we've ever played, and we, we ended up losing that game. Um, you know, it, it, regardless, like, if we make it to the next round, we're traveling. That's that's the furthest road game we'll we'll have ever taken, the furthest road trip we've we'll ever taken. And so, it's my eyes because we get a lot of exposure. And you know, I'm not regularly watching. Um,
0: Hopefully we did not lose uh, Dennis. Having phone issues tonight, and hopefully we did not lose him. I'm uh, still here. You got me?
3: Oh, good. Oh, no. Yep, gotcha. gotcha. You got me? Okay. I'm, I'm yep. driving in a going, please. storm right now. Okay, go. Oh, yeah, I know. To you, to you I
0: know. Oh, yeah. God, please. <clears throat> I've seen the photos, what happened uh, upstate New York and in Vermont. It was terrible. But um, no, But yeah, please continue on.
3: No, no, I was just saying that's going to be the longest road trip we've ever taken, and, uh, you know, I don't get a lot of exposure to those teams. Um, I'm not, not watching the games regularly. We're not traveling that far regularly. So, it's, it's a really, it's a whole new experience for us. or what it will be.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and uh, we'll see what happens down the road. But as I said already, you know, got to take you guys got to take on Hartford City and make sure you get that victory so you can move on to the next round. And, of course, I know – your club was in the Open Cup uh, a couple of yeah. years ago, and you have another opportunity yeah. here to get to that spot in at least <clears throat> to qualify into the first round. And you know, how much yeah. are you itching to get back into the Open Cup?
3: I you asked the question because it's, it's what was I, it's what I was thinking about when you were talking about playoffs.
2: and once again he's okay. in that lightning storm,
0: uh-huh. Let's see if we still have him or not. I know he's there.'s he's got that lightning storm oh. I
4: just
0: if, uh, if you. I'm still here. You can you hear, okay, good, good, hear good, you. Good. you hear me? Okay, good, 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 good. I hear you. hear me? Okay, good. I hear you now, yeah. Now. I know that lightning storm I'm... is bothering you. I understand. This is a live show. Yeah. Nothing I can do about know, it. But, yeah, you're itching to get back into that Open Cup, obviously, like I was saying before.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I would I would love to have a home Open Cup game in the Hudson Valley. That's like one of the top top goals for us as a club is to make that happen for soccer fans in the Hudson Valley. And, you know, if, if – um, since we got a taste of the Open Cup back in
0: 2018, I've been itching to get back. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, boy, I'll tell you, um, that's the hope, isn't it, to go on that run and, you know, like what Pittsburgh did and what Birmingham did, the runs that they made to get to the quarterfinals, I know that's what you want to see happen for your Kingston stockade, obviously.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, part of it is it's like, that's how the club becomes part of history. You know, like, even just to play like you're in the history books of the club that played in the open cup, you win a game in the open cup, like, Holy cow. Like that's, that's like, that's legendary. And so how how can we be a part of that? How can we enable that part of history for the Hudson Valley? And, you know, I get goosebumps even just thinking about that, but you know, that's cart before the horse and then cart before the next horse too. But, uh, you know, we got a lot of work to do before we get there, but definitely that is always in the back of my mind.
0: Absolutely. Um, And once again, you know, this is going to be a hell of a run. Uh, Cannot wait to see what your team is going to be doing here in the playoffs once again against Hartford City. I guess if you can like really quickly, um, is this an expansion of the capacity for your regular stadium starting for the 2024 season?
3: You mean with the stadium renovation?
0: Yes, sir. Oh, really it's
3: like we're playing in a we're playing in a stadium that no one's really utilized or repaired or given any love to since like the fifties or sixties and so I mean like the the up the upgrades to the stadium are coming um you know we were able to get a state grant while working with the city of kingston uh you know really just to do it, to make the stadium better for the entire community and um you know we don't we're not going to get upgraded attendance out of it but and I was listening to the guy from the BBC earlier talk about how it's, uh, you know, the NPSL club, they, they never shoot from the opposite side of the stadium. Uh, and so you never see the fans. And I'm like, yeah, because the stadiums, like, they don't have the infrastructure. We don't have power. We don't have internet. We don't have ethernet. We don't have, like, we don't have the, the, the hardware to do that. So after the stadium upgrade, like, we'll get those little things. Like, we'll get power on the other side of the stadium. We'll get ethernet jacks. We'll get better locker rooms. We'll get storage facilities. We'll get a coach's room. You know, so it's it's like, you know, it's a fresh coat of paint for the fans, but the infrastructure in the stadium is going to be greatly upgraded.
0: That is fantastic to hear, and I really do hope it's going to come. um, I really hope that your stadium is going to be uh, sparkling and you're going to have a lot of fun with it. next season and uh and i hope you continue on and uh, defend that regular season championship in 2024 but dennis listen thank you very much for your time uh get home safe please oh, i don't you. want you to get caught in that lightning storm too badly but thank you very yeah. much for your time and good luck in 2024 yeah, and good luck in the playoffs as well
3: yeah just tell everyone if they want to watch the match tomorrow they can go to stockadefc.com slash live and kick off as uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we, we do our broadcast in both English and Spanish, so join in and listen. All
0: right. Well, have a good night once again, Dennis, and please get home safe.
3: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Bye.
0: Thank you. You too. And that's Dennis Crowley, the owner of the Kingston Stockade, as they are getting ready for their playoffs. You know who else is getting ready for the next round of the playoffs? Cleveland SC, joining me once again, uh, the head coach of Cleveland SC, uh, my Romanian brother, Vlad Mirasan. Vlad, welcome back to the show, and congratulations being in the playoffs, sir.
5: Thank you, Daniel. It's uh, great to be back on your show. It's great to hear your voice again. You were um, lucky charm for me last time we talked because we won our U.S. Open Cup game in the first round, so I'm uh, I'm honored to be on your show again.
0: Well, thank you very much for taking the invitation. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, let's talk about your last match against Michigan Rangers. You just edged them one goal to nil. That had to be a very, very painstaking match for you to try to advance into the next round.
5: Yes, uh, it was a very difficult match for us. Uh, they beat us twice in the regular season, uh, so we, we, we had that in the back of our minds. Also, the majority of this Michigan Rangers team was of the Muskegon Risers, Risers teams who went to the national semifinals in, in the last season, and they beat us in the national quarterfinals last year. So it was it was great for us to finally get one over them, especially it being a playoff game, it being a away playoff game. Uh, it was a very difficult match. They are a very good team. We had to battle some difficult weather conditions. It rained. The the game had a lightning delay in the second half, but it was a great result for us. And we're hoping that we can build we can build on it
0: talk about your season right now. Yes, you did finish third um in the uh Great Lakes Conference. Uh Steel City ran away with it obviously, winning uh, 10 and drawing twice uh for 32 points, but uh to me, I mean this to me this was probably uh your best season in a long time. I know you probably wanted to be in the top 2 at least, but you were able to hold on to that third position to make the playoffs
5: uh Yes, it was um, we won the conference for the last three years. However, this year we we added some new teams in the conference, like Michigan Rangers, like uh Carpathia. So we're a bit disappointed that we didn't have a much uh, a better regular season. However, you know, in American sports, um, the real thing starts when the playoff comes. So everything you do in the regular season, it's, it's, it's good. It's great. But nobody gets crowned a champion in the regular season. You have to go through the, the playoffs, the difficulty of the playoffs. And tomorrow's game is going to be an incredibly important game for us and for them as well. We played them last year as well in the conference finals back in Cleveland. We edged it late with a goal in, in the last minute. Uh, we know we're going to have a very difficult game, and I think they know they're going to have a, a very difficult difficult game as well. Um, they're a very good team. Uh, they have a very defined style of play. They have been with the same coach for a long period of time, longer than I have had to work with my team. They're the defending uh, conference champions for the regular season, so they will have a home field advantage. But we, we believe in ourselves. We believe in our destiny. We, we know that we can go there and put in a, a massive performance and get the results that we need to, to go to the next round.
0: But it's going it be a,
5: a very difficult match for us, for us.
0: Exactly. You know, Steel City, as I said, they had an amazing season. I know you just got edged uh, in uh, one of their games um, <clears throat> over at uh, Cheswick, Pennsylvania, at Flounders Field. They just edged it 3-2. But that home draw... Obviously, it stings a little bit, but still, though, that must have been a a very big battle against Steel City, who had an amazing year this year.
5: Yes, uh, the first time we played them, we had a a slight disadvantage. We had a game two days before, so even though we lost the game 3-2, I was extremely proud of my players for how they, they battled and they performed in Pittsburgh, even though the result didn't go our way. Uh, The last time we played them was a 1-1 tie in Cleveland. It was the last game of the regular season. But they knew that they were going to finish in first place. And we knew we were going to finish in third place. So the game in Cleveland did not have that tension that there was nothing on the line. It was pretty much a, a game, the last game of the regular season, that didn't really count for anything. So I... I rested some of my starters. I know Pittsburgh rested some of their starters. And tomorrow there will be none of that. Tomorrow will be <laughs> the game of our lives, the game of, of their lives. It will be um, a massive game that's going to be decided by, by the smallest margins. They are a very good team at home. They are the only team in uh, our conference who played their home games home games on a grass field I personally think they're an even better team when they play on turf but tomorrow's game will be on grass Um, so they may have a little advantage because of that but you know the ball is
0: round and anything can happen in a game of football Absolutely, and that's the correct adage right there. Anything could happen in a game of football. Who has been your most dynamic player this year the, over in Cleveland? Uh, obviously, you've got some great players on there, but who was really the best of the best in this 2023 season for you so far?
5: Um, I think we have built a team this year that was um, that was built on a very good defensive foundation. And so I would say uh Bowman Chanchar, my captain, Pedro Alves, my goalkeeper. Uh they were they had two very good seasons. Both of them were nominated for the um conference team of the year and I believe the NPSL team of the year as well. Um so I, I believe that we are a very difficult team to score against. We have a very good defensive um game plan. Offensively, um, Jan Schmidt, he recently graduated from Cleveland State University. Um, on his day, I, I believe he is as good as anyone in the NPSL. Um, I have some fresh new attacking players like uh, Julian Pellegrini and Carter Hancock and Jack Bote, who Our younger players, but they have have performed very well this season. Tom Beck as well, he is uh, more of a veteran player who played with the team for numerous years. I was not able to use him last year because he had an ACL injury, but finally he's healthy and he's been scoring goals for us uh, this year, and I expect him to have uh, another big game tomorrow. We have uh, two very good central midfielders from Brazil, Danny Tregenstein and Marcus Pereira. So, yes, we feel confident going there. We, we feel that um, although Pittsburgh is undefeated, Steel City is undefeated, um, we feel that we can go there and we can ru- ruin their party.
3: Very
0: true. Um, and, of course, I want to go back to your second-round Open Cup match against Richmond. That had to be a bit painful, waiting so long to play that match due to that uh, rainstorm that just wouldn't stop until it finally, uh, I don't remember what time the match got started or restarted, but uh, that had to be painstakingly uh, difficult to wait for that storm to pass by with all that uh, thunder and lightning in the sky at that time. Uh,
5: Yes, yes, it was. It was the most unique experience i have ever felt in this game of soccer and talking to some of my players they they feel the same way we were getting ready to go out and warm up at around 6 six fifteen when a thunderstorm hits so this was second round open cup game probably one of the biggest matches in the history of cleveland sc So there was Thunder and Lightning at 6.15, and we waited in the locker room till about 9, 9 9.30. And that's when we were able to go out, back out and play. We played, I believe, 40 minutes in the first half. There was another Lightning and Thunder delay that came. We had to go back in the locker room. In the end, we lost a uh, very close match. We lost at 3-2. Um, but it was a very difficult, not would say difficult, but it was a, an experience that was very much like a roller coaster, like ups and downs, emotions. Uh, then we went and played a game. I felt we, we had a, a decent game, and we, we gave them a run for their money. But in the end, they they beat us 3-2. The, the game ended at 1.15 in the morning. We got to the stadium at five o'clock, so we were in the stadium for seven hours <laughs> for a two-hour soccer game, which is something yep. that I've never I've never experienced in my in my professional life before.
0: And uh, and that's when you got to get out the deck of cards and start playing some games. <laughs> uh, we were running out of things to do with with the players in the locker room
5: and. They were getting impatient. We had to keep them calm and keep them focused on the goal, but I believe everything happened for a reason. Um, in the last game, in the last playoff game that we had against Michigan Rangers, we were up one nothing in the second half, and what do you think happened next? There was a lightning and thunder delay. Um, it ended up being about an hour delay. We went back on the field, played for five minutes, and then there was Another lightning and thunder that came in minutes 80. And I said to my players, maybe this is destiny for what happened to us in Richmond.
0: Uh, You know the old adage, when it rains, it pours. Ah, yes.
5: (laughs) Yes, that's
0: true. Exactly. So, uh, once again, you know, you're going to be taking on Steel City in the next round here in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, as we've already said, they've had a hell of a year. It was a great run by them. And, you know, at this point in time, uh, it's going to be dangerous, very, very dangerous. And then uh, if you do advance past Steel city, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse, obviously, because, you know, you, you can't really look ahead, but you got Des Moines menace. I mean, excuse me, Des Moines United and the Milwaukee torrent, as your possible opponents in the Gateway Conference. And what's that going to be like if you're going to be taking on one of those clubs? Because obviously Milwaukee's not a slouch, and Des Moines just got started uh, this season. Yes, um, they are two very good teams, so uh,
5: it will not get any easier for us. However, my complete focus and concentration and all of my players, complete focus and concentration is on is on tomorrow's game. Um after tomorrow's game, whatever happens, it will either be um our season will be over or we will be getting ready to travel to to one of those teams and the winner of tomorrow's match will advance to the the round of 16. There will be 16 teams left after tomorrow, so um every team that gets to this point of the competition has uh, <laughs> big dreams to 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 reach the quarters to reach the semis and from there anything can happen uh you know any every team that is left at this point is is a very good team is uh teams that have won many games during the regular season um, teams that have desires and hopes of competing for the MPSL title so it will not get easier from from here but we know this we we know we we can fight and battle with anybody and we already had a an away playoff win tomorrow we have another away playoff game in a very difficult place in a very difficult atmosphere but we, we feel good. We, we, we like our chances. We are confident. And we know that Steel City FC will have the most difficult game of their life tomorrow evening.
0: That's right. And they will. It's going to be a great matchup. Vlad Mirasan, head coach of Cleveland SC. Vlad, thank you for your time again. Hope to talk to you again soon. And have a good night and good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. And then once again, Vlad Murison, head coach of Cleveland SC. Now, joining me, my final guest tonight, he is the head coach of Duluth FC, who's had a hell of a year so far in the regular season, is Mr. Sean Morgan. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for your time. What a year it's been for Duluth FC. Undefeated, 11 wins and a draw out of 12 matches for 34 points in the North Conference. That had to be the best season you have had as a head coach of this club?
2: Yeah, by a country mile, I think. Um, I mean we've had don't get me wrong, we've had pretty successful seasons in the past, but you know, to go and beat in, in any in any league at any level is is very, very hard to do and um yeah I couldn't be happier with how things have gone so far.
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, I've said this many times. It doesn't matter what conference you're in. In the end, in the NPSL, it's a knock 'em out, drag 'em out fight. Especially taking on uh, Dakota Fusion. I mean, you yeah, had basically a nine-point lead over them, but still, though, Dakota Fusion's nothing to sneeze at.
2: Yeah, very good side. You know, some some put together a good side last year and kind of built off that and, and recruited heavily and recruited quality guys and I think it showed in, in their play throughout the season and the games that they were winning and the amount of goals that they were able to score and, um, you know, obviously, we've played them, played them twice in two tough games and, and managed to, to kind of come out on top but, um, yeah, like testament to what he's doing and testament to other teams in the conference too that it's grown kind of year over year and competition is, has only increased over the last kind of three, four years now.
0: You know, I have to give your side credit, because in three consecutive matches, you went on the road, um, or excuse me, you were at home against Dakota Fusion. You beat them 5-1 over at Jim Goddard Stadium in Moorhead, and then went back to the public school stadium and destroyed Elsie Arias 5-0, and then the Minnesota Twin Stars in a local derby 6-1, I mean, my goodness, 16 goals a- a scored and two allowed? That is unbelievable and unheard of, even for me.
2: Yeah, we've, I mean, you know, it's a testament to the guys that, that have come in this year and the guys that returned from last year that, you know, they really bought into the way that we wanted to play, um, that we've kind of been building on year over year. Like, we have a pretty defined style and identity, and we kind of stick to it. Um, and we train it, we practice every day, you know, in different different scenarios and the way we want to play. And, you know, it's always been, been playing aggressive and, and on the front foot and trying to create chances as often as possible and playing forward passes. And, you know, the, like I said, the guys really really bought into it and took it on board in terms of, you know, our shape and, and formations and where we needed guys to be and fill in certain spaces in the field and different rotations between you know, midfielders, defenders, forwards, so on and so forth. And you know, to to be like, I guess one of one of our mantras this year was was to be ruthless. And I think we've been ruthless at both ends of the park, and it's shown in the amount of goals that we scored and the amount that we've conceded as well. I think I think we've conceded five or six this year, and I think only two have been from play. So, you know, we've been we've made ourselves hard to beat, and that's again testament to the guys and the work rate that they show in, in practice and in games.
0: No, that's great to hear And uh, once again, just an, a fantastic season all the way around And uh, you got yourselves into a pretty good uh, situation Currently in the playoffs Your first playoff match uh, was against, again, uh, Minnesota Twin Stars And once again, you, you put five against them And you took them out 5-1 at home at the public school stadium You know, what... I, I don't want to say minnesota twin stars is a poor side but you know you had your way against them uh you know twice you know in the regular season at home a 6-1 victory and now the playoff home match and it's a 5-1 victory and that's basically 11-4 and two against
2: yeah yeah i mean not sure if it was just how we matched up and Again, you know, testament to the guys to, to kind of... It's very, very hard to beat teams twice in a season, never mind three times. And, you know, you can get maybe get a little bit complacent, especially, you know, given the two previous results that we've had against them this year in, in the regular season. I think it's 3-0 and and 6-1. Uh, so, you know, we're pleased with the result. You know, don't get me wrong. Playoff football is all about winning. It doesn't matter how you do it. you just got to do it. And... um you know, five one, good win, especially going one 0 down. But you know, as a group, as a coaching staff, and as a as a group of players, like we weren't weren't too happy with with the overall performance and how we played. So, you know, we've corrected some stuff over over on Thursday morning and in recovery, and then um, and then this morning as well in training. So, hopefully, we'll be able to to kind of show an improved performance then tomorrow against Med City, and and hopefully, you know, make it to make it to the regional tournament.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely and it's going to be a fun time when you're taking on your next opponent before i even get to them um who's been your most dynamic player this year who's bagged the most goals out of all these matches you've been playing this year that get you into this big run
2: yeah i mean like everybody's contributed i think we have 13 different scorers on the season which has been which has been fantastic um tyler Limmer has really stood out as a goal scorer for us he's um you know, he spent a good few years with Two Falls before he came up north to Duluth and um, it was a real coup for us to get him for the summer. And um, he's been really dynamic, especially given how we want to play, like a lot of running very much on the front foot, a lot of pressing um, out of possession. And, and he does all the dirty work really, really well that he probably doesn't get a lot an, enough credit for. But when, you know, when balls are in the box or we get half chances, like he's always... He's always uh, there to take him, and, and he's been he's been really excellent. And um, you know another another player for us this year that's been been fantastic was Andres Solares in the middle. You'd um, tend to play our six, and um, as a pivot, like unbelievable reads the game really well. So dynamic, covers so much ground. You know reads the game to the extent where you can just see danger, and he's always in the right place at the right time to snuff it out and keeps things simple. So. You know, they're just two guys that I could honestly say, you know, our roster was 28th this year. And, like, everybody's played a part at a different at a different point in the season at critical points. And, you know, I think that, again, testament to the group and, and kind of what they've bought into by coming to the club for the summer.
0: Absolutely. And now your next opponent in the playoffs will be against Med City FC. They finished third. In the uh, regular season with 22 points, you had a 12-point uh, lead against them. They were able uh, to defeat Dakota Fusion 2-0, and now they'll be heading back over to uh, your home stadium. And once again, if uh, you do advance out of that match, you'll be on the road against either Tulsa Athletic or Oklahoma City 1889 before we even get to that. Um What's going to make this matchup so difficult for your side against Med City, or do you feel like you've got yourself something good here that you're gonna you're gonna find victory uh in this next matchup?
2: yeah, I mean like confidence and and momentum are two massive things, and I think we've definitely got those going for us, especially after the, you know the regular season that we've had and um but Still, definitely not not underestimating Med City by by any means. Like their quality side have shown it year in year out. They're defending champions in, in our conference, and um, you know we've we've played two two really tough games against them. They defend really really well, get numbers behind the ball, make it difficult to break down, and and are pretty lethal in the counter attack with a lot of pace. And um, I would anticipate you know after the two games that we've played against them is typically how they set up. So kind of anticipating that again, and you know hopefully you know if we can't. If we can't break them down early, we're going to have to be patient enough to move the ball and, and create opportunities for ourselves. And then again, you know, I mentioned earlier on that ruthless mentality in taking chances whenever they come. We have to make sure that we, that we take our chances and keep things tight against the counter. But again, we've seen them twice this year. We've been two really close games, so it's not going to be, not going to be a walkover, not going to be an easy game by any means. So hopefully we, uh, we turn up and, and we do the things that we've been kind of preaching all year and what we've been, what we've been executing week in, week out, so um, yes, hoping uh, hoping it's a good Saturday for everybody. Now,
0: I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, obviously, but once again you'll be probably going on the road as a number three seed, and you'll be facing either Tulsa Athletic or Oklahoma City 1889, they'll have the number two seed. Uh, how We all know how dangerous Tulsa is, obviously Sonny Delessandro's side is always ready to go, no matter who's in front of him, but how difficult will that matchup be if you do defeat Med City to face either Oklahoma sides?
2: Yeah, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. You know, like there's plenty of, of really strong conferences and teams throughout the country and, and both Tulsa sides, like, like, you know, I've shown this year and in previous years that, that they, they possess a lot of quality and um, dynamic in their play. And, you know, any game that you're on the road, especially when it comes to regionals and you're having to travel longer distances, like it's, it's mentally taxing on, on the players and, um, you know, keeping people, keeping people focused and, and trying to, to mitigate, you know, the tiredness of travel and, you know, facing a, uh, an opponent that you haven't faced before maybe you don't have a, you know, you've got a pretty short space of time, a quick turnaround to, to kind of work on things in training and review video and so on and so forth. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. I think it would be a challenge anywhere we went
0: very true. Um, it's been a while since Duluth FC graced the U.S. Open Cup, and uh, obviously had a fantastic penalty kick uh, shootout victory after the match went nuts four-four through regulation and extra time. And I mean, you're itching to get this club back into the Open Cup scene, aren't you?
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's a massive tournament, and and you know, plenty of strong teams in there, and you know, we want to. As a club, we want to keep progressing and and keep challenging and competing at at the highest levels that we can. So, you know, getting into the the Open Cup is is definitely something that that plays on our minds every year.
0: Mm -hmm. Very true. And what's been the talk of the town so far with this club? What have you heard from the supporters, uh, the locals, obviously, government officials, town officials? What have you heard from them on the season you've had so far this year?
2: Yeah, I mean... Listen, Duluth Duluth's not the biggest place in the world, you know, like it's only it's about a hundred, hundred and thirty thousand people and um, it has a really, really strong soccer community. There's a number of really good youth clubs in the in the area that that, you know, help fill a pipeline of talent for, for Minnesota colleges, Wisconsin colleges and um, this year we've consistently kinda of had in and around eight hundred fans to every game. Occasionally on the on some of the bigger games we've we've touched a thousand and you know, Four or five years ago, that was unthinkable. You know, we, we were barely cracking 200. So, you know, for, for folks to get behind us in the area and there to be a buzz around it and, you know, we continually getting clubs involved and kids and families coming out to to enjoy the game. And, um, you know, it's been massive, massive for the city to, to be able to, to have a team that they can get behind. And especially in soccer, like, I mean, I'm sure most of the country knows that Minnesota is not exactly a hotbed for soccer. It's a hotbed for hockey. Um, so it's really really good that that we have a you know a team that's that's winning that's that's won in the past that has some history behind it and we're just trying to continue to to grow and 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 get better and better every year both on the field and off it in terms of how the clubs run and how much involvement we can we can uh we can get from from the community and within the community and um yeah just get on soccer in the in northern minnesota is the key
0: no, absolutely, and uh, that's what we want to see. We want to see, uh, as we all know, the entire state of Minnesota is uh, football crazy, soccer crazy, so uh, you've got that going for you. So that's uh, no doubt there, but still, though, it's going to be a fun time to see what's going to happen with your club moving forward here, and uh, hopefully you'll get that victory over Med City and then move on into the next round, into the playoffs. Other than that, uh, if anyone from Duluth is listening to this uh, segment tonight would you like to tell your fans the tell the fans real quickly about the next match
2: yeah um you know we, we're seven o'clock tomorrow at pss and um you know we'd like to like to pack it and and get a good atmosphere going we had a really 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 good atmosphere on, on on wednesday lots of butts in seats lots of lots of people there kind of cheering us on and and help us push over the line and you know we'd like to see the same again for for uh for Saturday getting behind the team getting behind the city and and hopefully we can make make folks proud and, and and uh finish with our first piece of silverware of the season hopefully there's there's uh there's more pieces to come as well
0: that's Sean Morgan head coach of Duluth FC Sean thank you for my excuse me thank you very much for your time good luck in the next match and uh hope you advance to the next round and talk to you next time
2: yeah appreciate your time take it easy
0: take it easy I want to thank my guests tonight, Bryn Law, Welsh football broadcaster, formerly of the BBC with Leeds United, uh, Tony Marola, head coach of Fort Worth Vaqueros, the owner of the Kingston Stockade, Dennis Crowley, head coach of Cleveland SC, Vlad Mirasan, and the head coach of Duluth FC, Sean Morgan. My name is Daniel Foyerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight, and join me again for another fun night of Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show this coming Tuesday, July the excuse me july the 18th once again this has been the national Premier soccer league show on the four year scenes fire american soccer show and as always please enjoy your football thank you take care so long and bye-bye for now